Good afternoon, wonderful people. A lot of enthusiastic faces and names popping up. Colin, great to see you. Fabienne, thank you very much for being here. Janine, Karen, good to see you again. Vicky, fantastic to see you. VJ, thanks for being here. Just looking down the list as people are arriving. Just going to give it a couple more seconds while people are arriving. Good afternoon, Darren. Got three days of negotiation, concepts and ideas. You can tell when people get fired up about these ideas because they turn up early. Feel the need to, well, they get the best seat in the house. And as you're working from home, you already have the best seat in the house. So before we do this, I'll give it a few more seconds while the last few people are arriving. As always, mobile phones, let's zero out the distractions. Let's make sure you've got 100% attention on what you're doing today on yourselves and your thinking and development, making sure you've got a drink available as well, keeping hydrated. Good afternoon, Stuart. Petra, great to see you. Tim, thank you very much for being here. Gina, great to see you again. Last couple of people. Just while we're waiting for the last few people in, I'm going to start today's session with a few questions. We're going to be looking at a few things of how much training, if you've had any, um, if you have had negotiation training, how much, how many hours of negotiation training have you had in relation to your job? So I'm going to be asking a few of these questions when we start today's session, kind of get a flavour for what you guys know, don't know, and start to see how potentially there's a bit of a gap there in the amount of training we have to the amount of time we actually spend doing these things in the real. Good, let's do this. Everybody, fresh page in your notepad, pens at the ready. At the top of that page, you're gonna write keepers and those are, those are gonna be the things that you wanna remember, keep hold of and kind of reignite that thinking when you go back to and you finish reading these notes, okay? So get that fresh page ready to get your fresh thoughts on there and let's get into today's session. Welcome to today's Sticky Learning Lunch with me, Nathan Simmons, Senior Leadership Coach and Trainer for MBM, Making Business Matter, the home of Sticky Learning. And we are the leadership development and soft skills provider to the grocery and manufacturing industry. Idea of these sessions is to give you 20 minutes of micro learning that's going to help you be the best version of you in the work that you do in the moment right now while you're working from that and preparing you to return back to work in the best possible way. Today's session and the next two sessions after this, so it's gonna be Friday and then Monday, is all about negotiation skills. And working in the grocery industry, there's a hell of a lot of negotiations going on. For me though, I wanna start this with a bit of a question. The question I've written down here for you is what do you consider to be a negotiation? What sort of things do you think for yourself are negotiations? And I wanna see what your thinking is and where your thinking is on these things. What do you think is a negotiation? Gain a positive outcome, yep. Any interaction between two people can be, yep. Bargaining, win-win, good, we're getting some good ideas. 
always looking for the win-win situation if we can, Karen. Yeah, and we're bargaining. It is an interaction between two people. Negotiation, persuasion, and influencing are all similar. Yes, they are. And there are elements that we switch onto those things at different points in the in the the dynamic of the dialogue. Thank you, Colin. Just reminding me. Get on the full screen. There we go. Reaching a compromise. In some such cases, yes, Howard, it is about reaching a compromise. It's trying to work out what the best solution is for everybody at any given situation, at any given point in time. And sometimes there has to be that give and take. So what we're going to cover through the course of, he says, let me go back to that first question. We've already got some answers. My next question for all of you is, how many hours of training have you had in negotiation skills in relation to the amount of years that you've been doing that inside your job? Nil, zero, zero. Every occasion that we need to use influence, yeah, absolutely. 0 0.005, that's very precise. 1%, not enough. Good. A lot of really brutally honest responses in here. And I'm glad you're all here to learn some of these concepts. One, and this is the problem. So then is there any wonder why we find negotiations difficult? Is there any you know, is there any wonder why when we think that we need to go and negotiate some something that we may not get what we want and we feel like we may be losing? Yes or no, is this how some of us are feeling? when we're thinking about that we have to go and negotiate something. Yes, emotions getting away, absolutely. We're gonna talk about emotions, though. yes, 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 absolutely. We feel underprepared, underqualified, and under stress to go and get those things done. We get stress put on us by our managers, our leaders, or whatever, if we're, going to, if we're buying or, or selling a product or whatever, or negotiating on prices, and then we feel underprepared because we don't quite know what we need to do, and then we feel underqualified because we actually haven't had the training or the support to actually make that happen in the best possible way. So the moment that says someone, someone says, oh, you need to go and negotiate, or you need to negotiate this, what sort of emotions come up for you? What sort of thoughts come up for you? I'm not sure that word is an emotion, Karen, and it wasn't an expletive. It's like, ah. I think that's kind of an outcome of an emotion that goes with this. Win, lose, or walk away. So we're starting to see this, this win, lose, walk away thing. So we're starting to feel the kind of this pulling away almost. But the good thing in what you're saying there is we're starting to break down some of the things that we need to be thinking about when we go into a negotiation. Often the biggest challenge we have when we talk about negotiation is we're concerned that it may end in conflict, that our, our needs won't be met. And actually, when you go back to the root cause of any conflict situation, it is based on the fact that either one or both parties believe that their needs are not being met any and every conflict situation. So whether it's um, someone's upset and they're calling their contact center or their mobile phone provider because something's wrong with the terms and conditions, or you go all the way up to full-blown war, it's because one or both parties, whether on an individual or, or, or um, a geographical level, believe their needs are not being met. So when we think about negotiation, we feel like we might have to compromise. We feel like maybe someone has to lose out 
or that maybe we have to walk away. So we start to get these, these negative connotations and these emotions start to come up. So they've got comment coming through here, depending on who it will be with, can be through a full spectrum of enthusiasm to fear, absolutely. Why? Because the other person on the other side of the table may come with some emotional biases. So when we look at things like The Apprentice and these people say, yeah, I'm in a cutthroat and I'm a shark and I'm this and that. And you think of people slamming their hands on the desks and all these sorts of things. That's not negotiation. That's just rude. When we look at the negotiation, one of the key things that breaks down any relationship or any dialogue is the emotion and mindset we have before we even get there. You have to be quick thinking on the spot. Sometimes, yes. Sometimes, yes. But the idea of this session and the next two sessions, and I've got it written down here to make sure that I'm prepared, is to give you some of the core thinking and some of that preparation that's going to help you to think a bit clearer. It's going to give you a structure and a dynamic where you can get your thoughts down on paper and go, well, what is it I need? What is it I want? What am I willing to give? What do I want to take away from this? And how am I going to make that happen? How many of you in this group right now do some really clear preparation before you go into a negotiation? Yes or no? Are you preparing yourselves before you go into a negotiation? Yes, good. Ish. Yes, but need to do more. Honest, I like it. Yes, if I'm aware it's going to happen. Not enough. So we've got a mix of responses. We, you know, we need to do more. If I know it's, if I'm aware it's going to happen, not enough. And actually, like the, the negotiation idea we use, it's a framework. It's a way of thinking. And it gives you some structure so that even if you're not prepared, at least you can hang a couple of pegs in the right places while you're having the conversation and having to think on the spot. So what we use, and I'm going to share my screen with you, is part of what we're going to teach you over the next two days, primarily mindset today, tomorrow is going to be more about the structures and how we get into that, is what we refer to as a square dance. This is a model concept that was built by Darren, the founder of MBM. And it's just thinking about the, the negotiation skills and techniques and the elements that need to be incorporated into the way we work and the way that we think when we're approaching this. Because we don't do enough preparation. And often the preparation that we're told to do is build a PowerPoint deck, put it up on a screen, talk about it, and hope they go for it. Does this sound true to some people that are uh, negotiating on prices and certain things in business? Put it on a deck, put it in front of them, and get what you can. But actually, if we start to use a structure and build our communication, our conversation, Okay, actually, what is it I wish to get? What is it actually I'll walk away? What are my walkaways? What are my gives and takes, my tradables? And what are the tools and tactics that I'm going to use to make that happen? So you can start thinking about the things that you've learned over however many years of business you've been doing this and make sure you're putting those tools down on paper and thinking, right, okay, what questions am I going to ask? What approach? How am I going to use this? How am I going to do that? How's that going to benefit me inside these tradables? hope this is, is useful from um, having a look at this.
the idea is though that before we go into these conversations we need to be preparing some of the key negotiations we have are job interviews how much preparation do you do for a job interview you are negotiating with someone else to give you a job and we talked about sales before with Jeff Birch. Every day is a sales day. And if you're selling, there is a level of negotiation that's always happening. Sometimes, you know, it's a difference between you having tea or coffee. So you have to sell yourself the tea or the coffee. Mm, which one would I prefer to have right now? What do I want to get out of this? A miniature negotiation. It sounds almost ridiculous. It's true. When you're going for the job interview, you're negotiating with an individual and to help them see what you're capable of, what you want to get out of this, what your wish is, now what your tradables are, what tools and techniques you're going to use to make this interview work for you in your best favour. But as we promised, or some of the people pointed out there, we simply don't get any training or enough training to help us build this the dynamic of conversation. So for the next three days, including today, we're going to be looking at some of this structure. Today, though, majority is going to be the mindset before we walk into it. Hope this is useful so far. Where are we going to next? Getting my pens up. We've already got some ideas of what's coming up for people's thinking and approaches for when they're walking into negotiations. Having a look at some of the articles that we've got on MBM for uh, negotiation, one of the front pictures there is actually of a, of a white great white shark. Now, we have to think about the mindset that we're approaching it. If we're walking into a negotiation with the kind of almost the spirit and energy of a great white shark, what are we going to be giving off? What sort of uh, demeanour are we going to be sharing in that audience if we're going to be you know, thinking we're some sort of great white shark on a hunt? What do you think is going to be coming across? Aggression, absolutely. And while I'm doing that, I'm just going to grab a link to one of the articles. And I'm going to share it in the chat box. I've just shared the link for the negotiation preparation article where the square dance template is stored at the moment um, or is, is available on there. Just so you've got that in the chat box, just while we're going through this part. Now, aggression, scary, aggressive, mean, and what I want will take care. Exactly. And how do you think this comes across to the other person? We start to already undermine the conversation because of our emotions that we're walking into this. I've got to be like this, and I've got to assert this, and I've got to do that, and boom. The conversation shuts down. Absolutely, is no openness. Thank you very much, Fabian. So we have to think about the energy that we're bringing. The first thing that we want to understand is positioning. Some of these concepts I may have told you about before. It's relevant again to negotiation. It's necessary that we embed some of this thinking. The moment that you're in or you position yourself, whether it's quantum, Newtonian, astrophysics, it doesn't matter. The moment that you position yourself, you have to have something in opposition to you. You have to have something to push against. So the moment I'm positioning myself, it's, it's like a, a broom resting up against a wall. There's already an opposing force which is stopping that thing from happening. So you're already creating a certain level of resistance. If I'm wrong, 
or sorry, if I'm if I'm in a, a complaint conversation, a complaint negotiation, and I believe I'm right, what does that make you? And I know what the response is going to be to this. It's, I'm right, you're wrong, therefore the conversation or the tone of the conversation I take changes because I'm creating that opposition. The moment that I position myself, I'm creating an opposing force, an opposition, which is going to work against me or push against me. So we have to start thinking about how we position ourselves in the conversation. The second thing we have to think about is importance. And what I mean by this is how we put importance onto things. So this is when we start getting into kind of the shark idea and these behaviors ideas. If I start to put more importance on something, I start to adjust my emotions and my feelings about it. If this sale, if this trade, something becomes really, really important to me, now what happens to my dollar? Imagine, now, you're, you're a salesman, and if you don't make this sale, you're going to lose your job. If you don't make this sale, you're not going to be able to feed your family. Extreme example. But what happens then is you start to ramp the importance up. What do you think happens? Open question to the audience. What do you think happens to your choice of language and the way that you approach it if your importance starts to go up and you start to increase the pressure? What do you think happens to your conversation? Steady silence. Two things happen. Becomes forceful and demanding or desperate, exactly this. When we increase the importance and the pressure goes up, regardless of what is happening behind the scenes, two things happen. We become needy or greedy. This then shifts our demeanor and the way that we're approaching things and the way that we come across. Again, imagine you're in that job interview and you've got one person that's really nervous or you know arrogant or too bullshit or whatever it is because they need the job because they're out of work at the moment. Now, and they come across in these ways, do we give them the job even though there's some, you know, even though maybe we know they really need it? We don't because it doesn't feel good. We start to damage the relationship. Comment coming in, there's a reflection on those two words. What's the top one? Needy. Let's do that. That's a little bit better. I need to get some soft lighting in here. When we increase the importance, we add pressure, the pressure then turns into needy and greedy. So our language then changes and the way that we approach it becomes either forceful, aggressive, um, or even kind of weak and simpering in that, you know, in, in that sense. And because we just want people to be you know, just to like us and just to give us what we need and we just want, we don't want to be a burden, we just want to, all of these things condescending come through absolutely so it's important we understand these things one is positioning 
positioning yourself in the negotiation as being right there wrong. I'm going to undermine them and do everything I can to undermine them. Um, but that's going to create an external pressure. The importance increases the pressure and we become needy and greedy. The third thing we need to be mindful of also when we're doing the negotiation piece before we even get into the, the strategy and tactics is our language. Language is hugely important when we're in negotiation. All negotiations start in the emotions. And that's, you know, it's whether you're, who here's got children, yes or no? Who here's got children under the age of, or still got children under the age of seven or eight years old? And who here is negotiating with their children just to get them to bed at the moment? Because I know I am. It's driving me nuts. Constantly, absolutely. But then you have to be mindful of your emotions, your position. I'm right, you're wrong. I'm 42, you're seven. It's really important you go to sleep because I've got things to be doing. I've got reruns of Breaking Bad to watch. So then suddenly become needy and greedy. But then because I'm needy and greedy, my language changes. You do this, I'm telling you, da 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 da. But what we can do is when we start to step out of this, if our language starts to shift, are we dropping into these places? Okay, how do I shift my language to make sure I can change my, my approach? If we're looking to be right and then wrong, we're going to damage the situation. One of the things that we can do is find value in what the other person is saying. Rather than constantly looking for the thing that where we can dismantle their argument or take their debate apart, we look for things to find value in. So we pay attention. One of the first things we need to be doing is listening. What is it you're hearing from them? Are you hearing that they're needy and greedy? Are you hearing that they're under pressure? Are you hearing that they're trying to make you feel like you're the wrong party, which is causing your emotions to escalate? So we start listening to what they're saying and we pick out the key points. And we find value in them. And in order to find value in them, we have to learn to appreciate things. Appreciation, I don't know the original word, comes from the Greek word to appraise. So it means like a jeweler, you can appraise how, you know, the quality of the gold, you can appraise and value the, the, the workmanship that's gone into the class that's holding the diamond and the cut of the diamond. And you can see how much that's worth. It doesn't necessarily mean that you like wearing jewelry. And what I mean by this is, is you're listening, you're picking up the key points and you can say, ah, oh, I, can re I really appreciate how that must feel. I can appreciate what that looks like. I can appreciate your point of view. Doesn't mean I agree with you. I don't have to say that. I can appreciate it from where I am. I can find value in those things. This is what I hear. You saying, these are the concerns I'm picking up. This is your interests. This is what your boss is asking for you to get out of this situation. And I want to help you achieve as much of that as possible within the guidelines that I've got so that we can both win out of this. So we listen, we pick up the key points, we find appreciation and, and value, and then tell them what we heard. Because what you can't do, and there's a couple of points in here that are really important, what you can't do is, I really appreciate what you're saying. 
but but what yeah is, is what happens to everything you said when the moment you say but what happens to everything you said before it it's completely negated exactly that there is now everything you said before doesn't matter I appreciate what you said but right you, obviously you don't appreciate what I'm saying now the, the the worst one that we often hear and we hear it from some politicians previously as well I'm not a racist but because the next words that come out of your mouth are going to be racist it doesn't matter what nationality or, or heritage you're talking about what you're about to say is going to be derogatory to somebody and that's not okay so when we're talking to people when we say i really appreciate that that's it point out what you heard pick up what you're saying and then tie that into what it is you're talking about and how you're helping that person one of the key things that I teach in here about appreciation, especially in conflict management and complaint handling, one of the worst things you can say to someone is, I understand. Because truthfully, you can never understand someone else's point of view because it's their point of view. My life is different to your life. You've got children, I've got you know, boys, girls, different ages, different pastimes, different hobbies, different geographical locations, different ways of thinking. You can never truly understand what someone else's point of view is. You can appreciate it though. So the moment you start saying things like, I appreciate or I understand, but what you're saying is you don't. And also when you say I understand, you, you can never do that anyway. So my key points, Kind of in this element is listen deeply pick up the key points show appreciation and find merit in what it is they're sharing with you so that it then supports the rest of the conversation and the dynamic of where you want it to go to rather than trying to position yourself as right and then wrong which is only going to break the conversation i hope this is useful yeah, I covered everything I wanted to get to give to you today on the emotional points and, and some of the languaging around um, negotiation. What's been useful from today's session? Apologies, we're overrun now. I got excited at the last part. What's been useful from today's session so far? Just while that's coming up. What have you taken away? What have you got written down on your keepers sheets from today's session? The language prep, yes. The structure, positioning, importance, language, good. While you're doing that, I'm just getting the link up for tomorrow's session. Glad to hear it's not just me who thinks it's emotional. Every negotiation is emotional. Everyone. And Vicky, I don't know if you've got children, have children chosen, whatever. Yeah, every every negotiation, especially at bedtime, is emotional. Crikey. What else have we got? Our behaviour is important. Absolutely. One of the key things I learned in, when speaking to someone about complaint management before is what you think of people is how you treat them. And at the same time, one of the key things that I also train off the back of that is what you think of yourself is what you'll achieve. So if I think I'm some you know, predatory monster, a shark that's gonna go in here and devour everyone and get everything I need, 
what do you think I'm going to get? I'm going to get a, you know, a, a kind of a, a scene of chaos. You can imagine you know, a shark in a feeding frenzy. Is that really what I want to get out of this? Is that how I want to treat these people in this relationship? If I'm treat, if I'm think I'm a shark that's going to do this, what do I think of the people around me? Are oh, they just a bunch of dead fish? So that behavioural part, the way the way we focus our thinking, vital. Appreciate and under, and understand. Also positioning and its impact. Absolutely. The idea of stepping back. Nice. Putting yourself in their shoes, i.e. emotions, where they're coming from, etc. Absolutely this. What they see is going to be different to you. If you go into negotiation, you'll lose. Uh, you'll lose. You win. Yeah, it's, it's all about thinking that someone is going to be is going to be worse off, and that's not the way to you know, come out of it. The idea is when we look at the the square dance, there's going to be give takes. There's going to be tradables. It's going to be things that we want, really want to get, and the things you know, that's it. I'm out. And, and honouring that from an emotional point of view. I hope this has been useful. How do you approach, good, thank you very much for coming to the questions. How do you approach negotiation is really important without overly showing it, it is very important. It doesn't make it less urgent or you know desired. I guess job interviews is one of those things or, or getting a new client. You didn't have them in the first place. You're not losing anything. Uh, often I, I, I had a conversation with a client um, this morning around um, career development. Whenever you go for a job interview, if you don't get the job, you're still winning. We go into these situations as if we feel like we're going to lose something. You go into a job interview and you know, even if you don't get the job, you're going to get phenomenal feedback and some um, some um, reflection on how to improve it next time. You're still winning. It was, absolutely. Darren's thrown a couple of comments in. He said, be confident, be, but not too needy. Absolutely. When we know, also when we're applying for that job, we're going for the sale. It's like, we know what we're bringing. If that person doesn't want it from us, that relationship was never going to work anyway. We're not losing because we didn't have it. So if we go in there for, with a, a level of confidence and knowing that we're going to help give to this person, we're going to contribute, we're going to add value to them, we stop acting like a shark. We stop going in there to kill. I'm going in here to give. I'm going in here to contribute. And if this person doesn't want that, that's also okay because that relationship would never would, would have worked in the first place. And you find still in certain business relationships where people have done that out of need and greed and they've been exploited. And they never really felt good in the relationship and never did their best work. And their mental health suffered horrendously from this. Has, any, has anyone experienced this from a kind of a job point of view or from a contract point of view? Now, working with the wrong people because you, you thought you needed it. No. From a place of need or greed, that relationship just never quite gels. You never, you know, it's like the safety belt analogy. If it doesn't click, it doesn't work. Being aware of my state, I am under pressure to bring it in by tomorrow, make sure I don't come across it. Absolutely. And the more you feel that pressure, the more the, the primordial reptilian parts of your brain start to kick in and you just go into your four Fs, fight, flight, flock or freeze. And in a negotiation, you cannot afford to be doing them. I mean, look how it ends for a zebra when they do any of those four things. 
and when they're being hunted down by a pride of lions. Not got a great way to work in new negotiations. Thanks, Nathan. You can read my mind. That was it. Was about you. You're welcome. You know, it's one of my side skills. Um, I don't like to talk about it too often, but if I can, I'm, I'm happy to do the mind reading as well. In sales, there is a pendulum effect that the more you push, the more they pull away. Exactly this. Kind of get into the whole um, Schrodinger's cat kind of Eddie Izzard type stuff. You know, it's, it is like the pendulum. The more you swing it, the more energy it actually pushes to pull it away. And as that pendulum then swings back, it's going to come back with twice as much force with that person asking for twice as much out of you. And if you're not careful, you're going to get smacked in the face with the pendulum. It's just, again, it's not a pretty look. Hope this is useful. Mindset, reduce the pressure, reduce the importance, be confident. Pay attention to what the other people are looking for. Find appreciation in it. What questions, I'm conscious of time, what questions have you got for me right now around negotiation, mindset, and where we're going? What questions have you got at this point in time? And when the cat analogy is, the more that you chase the cat, the less likely you are to catch it. Has anyone ever had that problem with a cat? You know, you think you're doing the right thing and you want to go and get it in for the night so you can go to sleep and you end up running around the garden in your slippers trying to grab the cat it does it goes everywhere except where you want it to and then the moment that you go inside and create something of interest like maybe a um, um a treat or one of those chewy sticks it then comes in a couple of minutes later making it look like it's it, it's its own idea rather than you actually having something of interest to it to catch a butterfly wait for it to land on you absolutely what questions have you got for me around negotiation mindset today? And if you've got none, say none, I'm okay with that. And then we're gonna get into some of the structures tomorrow to start building this conversation up for you. Any questions, yes or no? Yes, Vicky, we will be going through the square dance tomorrow. We're gonna to start breaking that down over the course of a couple of days. Um, we will look at the wishes and walks tomorrow and a little bit of the give and takes. Welcome, Vicky. Thank you, Stuart. I knew you were looking forward to this. Appreciate the, unit, the feedback. I'm wondering about what to say. We've talked about what not to say in terms of I understand, etc. Some of that we're going to start to look at a little bit more. One is this is all going on in your head anyway. You know, this is I'm wrong, you're right. That's in your own head. You don't need to say it out loud, or some people may vocalize it. This importance part, again, is just in your head. What's in here, you now the content of your head is going to dictate the content of your mouth. I think the Bible even says the content of your heart dictates the content of your mouth. So if we're making it needy and greedy up here, and we're thinking that I need to go in for the kill or do this, the words that we're going to use are going to change shape. So when we come out of this and put ourselves into a different space, we can then start to actually focus on what the other person is saying to us and we can find appreciation. Or we can, sorry, show appreciation and find merit. So the, one, the first thing is getting your headspace in the right place and then coming from that place. Like going, then it comes back to that preparation piece, again, how it is. It's like going for a job interview. People say, oh, I'm not very good at interviews. Yes, yeah, because you only do maybe five of, five of them in the whole of your life. 
actually if you did more job interviews you'd have more practice and you'd be more confident because you'd have the right tools and preparation to make it work and it's the same with this if we have the right tools and the right preparation in place and we practice it maybe with our sales director or our manager actually we can go into that conversation a bit more confident and a bit more with a bit more wherewithal to actually get some stuff what we want and help other people get what they need as well at the same time and create the win-win you're welcome howard absolute pleasure conscious of time on a scale of one to ten one being useless ten being phenomenal how useful was today thank you very much crikey good 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 thank you tomorrow we're going to break down the structure i have put the link in the chat box for tomorrow's session you have the link in there for the negotiation preparation sheet you have the link in there for tomorrow's session if you have not already signed up for tomorrow's session it is in the box now do that straight after this session i am going to share one more link with you he says to help support you continuing to build this skill set before we get in Oh, I've got really sadly, I can't attend tomorrow, I have to work. Absolutely, look, we will have the replay. Register for it, because then you will get a copy of the recording emailed to you. So when you have stopped working, you can watch it then. I've also shared the link in the chat box for the ultimate guide to negotiation. So you've got, some, you've got three really decent links in there. One for preparation sheet and, and the square dance understanding that I'm sharing with you today and tomorrow and Monday. You've got the link for tomorrow's session, and you've also got the ultimate guide there to negotiation as well. Some great content, some great value adds in there to support you in your negotiation skills. And finally, as always, virtual classrooms. Who in your teams, in your businesses, would benefit from a conversation or some additional training around negotiation skills? Who do you know in your teams that would benefit from negotiation skills, whether it's to get a pay rise, whether it's to, um, to help with a sales negotiation, whether it's preparation to um, help get your children to sleep at night? Who in your teams do you know would benefit from an additional training around negotiation skills? Because right now, you know, we have the virtual classrooms. You can go onto our website, you can pick up um, and you can see the list, the full list of trainings we do there for our virtual, everyone. But I have to convince, yeah, absolutely. Everyone needs negotiation skills in some way, shape or form. And yes, you do have to convince your boss. That will be your first negotiation. So when you go back to work, your first action after this is to negotiate with your boss how you get me in to deliver more negotiation training for your business to help them improve their bottom line, increase the return on investment and help them be better than they were yesterday. I hope this is an action you're going to carry forward. The link there is for the virtual classrooms. If you know I can help you with any of the skills there or the MBM team can help it, click on the link, go and see what, we're, what is available, what we offer and how we can help you. Hope that's been useful. I hope you've had fun today. That's your first negotiation. That's a, that's a good comeback. <laughs> you're very welcome. Everybody, look, have a wonderful rest of your day. Um, I'm looking forward to spending the rest of the day with you or the sessions tomorrow. Bear with me, just says I'm wrapping up this session. Everybody have a lovely rest of your day. I look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Thanks for being here today. It's really appreciated. And I'll see you in the next couple of sessions. Thanks very much. Bye.